Last night, we let the liquor talk. I can't remember everything. I'm Maddie. I'm Cass. And, and welcome to the Always Podcast. Hello, hello. Hello, and welcome to the second episode of the All Waves podcast. Thank you to everyone who has engaged with the podcast so far and has reached out to us and been supporting us. We're hoping that everybody is enjoying the podcast so far and the content because we are. (laughs) We're having fun. We are, and we have so much coming for you guys, so stay tuned. Creating this community is really what it's all about for us, and the listeners is what it's all about, and that's you guys. So we're extremely grateful to have you guys along. Yeah, for sure. And with all that being said, let's get into it. Are we ready to debrief the birthday extravaganza? We might be. Uh, where do you want to start? When Nicole came down from New York, she's uh, now viral on TikTok for eating a glizzy, which I'm, is hilarious. That's crazy how fast that thing grew. I know. And it was so funny, like, the context of it. We literally walk out of FGL house, and I, don't, I didn't even notice that she was gone. But then all of a sudden she just walks up and she's got a glizzy in her hand. And that was like the third one of the night. Third one, yeah. 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 And I'm pretty sure she had another one after that too before we went home. (laughs) But she just like disappears, but like... It was the Irish exit. It was an Irish exit, but then she's back and it's like... Back with the glizzy. (laughs) But yeah, we tore down a couple of Megatinis. Oh. Met a couple hometown dads that... (laughs) What a small world. Like, right. actually, what a small world. It was uh, it was bad news, though, because essentially we just got fed way too many cocktails, and we ended up, we didn't know where we were. But here we are. We were having a time. <laughs> I knew exactly where I was. Yeah. I was dancing so hard. I don't think we've danced that hard before. No, and I wore sunglasses. I, dro- I, I dressed like Adam Sandler on my birthday because I was so hungover, but I just, <laughs> hair of the dog that went to the moonshine place. And I think Megatini's were a highlight. Megatini's were a highlight. If you're near a Barstool bar, you must get a Megatini. 44 ounces of a a espresso. Awesome. Yeah, espresso martini. But anyways, birthday extravaganza was a hit. Um, you're one year older, not wiser. Oh my God, I feel like after I turned 24, I woke up the next morning and I just genuinely lost 12 brain cells. I don't know if that was because of the extravaganza or if it's because I got older. Mm. Speaking of the um, Megatinis and the birthday extravaganza, we're going to start doing this little segment, if you may, called the Moan and Groan of the Week. This is like a uh, like a pet peeve of the week and like a, a highlight or like a rose and thorn. Kind of right. like you would do at camp, you know? Right. The rose and thorn of the week. But the moan is the rose and the groan is the thorn. Right. Which I'm sure a lot of you can relate to. So anyways, back to what I was saying, my moan of the week has got to be the Magatini. Right. Not only are they $100 of pure awesome, but they just, they levitate you. into And everybody's drink. asking, oh, oh my God, what is that? Like, have you never seen a big martini before? Anyways, I need to get one of those glasses so they can make a real vodka martini at home. Oh my. Yeah. And just put a whole tub of olives in it. I can literally sit inside of it. Right. That's how big it is. Anyways. Okay, so Cassandra, what's your moan of the week? Before moan we get of the, the week. It's, it's been a moan for a while, but <laughs> this was week, a big moan. It was a big moan, but this week I realized how much of a moan it was because I ran out of it. So I realized how much I loved it. Right. But that moan is country time lemonade in the squeeze bottle. I add it to everything. You put it in water. You put it in your cocktail. Literally everything. You add a little jalapeno. Then it's a little spicy lemonade. You know, it's it, like a. It's like to give you guys context. It's, it's like, like a, meal. a little meal thing. Um, essentially, you just add it to water. Cassandra won't drink her water without it. Um, so 
She's going to be quite dehydrated this weekend because I'm not going out to find no country time on this Saturday. You took a sip of it. Don't even. You liked it. <laughs> I took a sip when she wasn't looking, guys. But she was looking. Um, anyways, my groan of the week is the people in this on this earth. This is only this week, by the way. But the people on this earth that don't know the difference between a hot dog and a glizzy. You can't tell me that street meat is in the same ballpark as the same hot dog that Grandpa Joe will be frying up from the Oscar Mayer Company or McCormick's. Schneider's. Right. Whatever you whatever. want. Whatever your hot dog brand is. <laughs> but, like, that pisses me off. It's not the same. And, and if you after, think it's the same, right. like, you're not fucking well. So that's my groan of the week. It's got me fired up. But you know what? I don't want to, uh, I don't want to create more beef on my TikTok than I need. <laughs> On your you one know? viral video. I'm saying, <laughs> right, on my one viral video, I don't want to be that girl. You know, I want to I wanna keep it tame. I want to keep it peaceful, positive. I don't want negativity around the glizzy, and that's all I need to say. That's so it. what's your groan of the week? Groan of the week is um, alarms, specifically the ones that go like this. <laughs> I don't like them, don't like setting them, don't like waking up to them mm -hmm. i like just waking up on my own if right. i wake up to like the sun that's great because i'm up mm -hmm. that's all i have to say i just don't like it the immediate shock it it goes to my body like what do you think yeah i agree uh, oh also another moan of the week just adding on this is a bonus moan we met the girls from the mean girl pod the other night at barstool it was awesome and we got to have some cocktails with them talk a little bit about the podcast world, get some advice from some, some great girls advice. that got it going on. Yeah. What was your like biggest takeaway from that whole interaction? Um, well, we got some great advice from the both of them. Both like super sweet girls. Got yeah, it. So nice. Got it going on. They're like booming in the podcast world right now. But the biggest advice that we got from Alex was that. You cannot have success without falling on your face first. Right. And I believe that wholeheartedly. And going back to the first episode where we talked about like being afraid to be seen small, mm -hmm. that's that whole thing is like you can't be successful without falling on your face, without making mistakes, without slipping up. Like, and I think those are the biggest learning lessons and curves is that when right. you do fall on your face, you learn how to get back up off it just like anything in life. Right. And they gave us like some examples of like peaks and valleys that they've experienced as well and it's like you literally can't like cast said like you can't be afraid of that so you just got to keep going i'd say that my biggest takeaway was like following your path and like sometimes that can mean that like you lose relationships or like you're seen differently or whatever else but it's like who cares like right. the people that are in your corner are, are always going to be there for you like, no matter what and if not then it's a reflection of them not you right and to the core you're always going to be the same person right just actually more of you is shining out right right more the more authentic you is actually coming to light the people who are in your corner are always going to be there regardless of right. which whatever way you go whether yeah. it's a up a high or a low right exactly. like they're going to be there rooting for you in the highs and they're going to be there when you're at your lowest moments too right. so but yeah she said that and then jordan said like living life for yourself and no one else. You just have to do whatever, even if you get judged, even if you lose relationships or whatever. It doesn't matter because at the end, it's like whatever's meant to be there with you will be. And she related back to like living life for yourself and nobody else. And I feel like a lot of people can relate to that. There's always someone in the back of your head like saying what you should be doing, right? Or what path you should be taking. 
Right. Sometimes that's you. Sometimes it's you. Yeah. Sometimes you're going against your own like innate feeling of what you should do based off of what society is telling you to do. Right. And that can be like a battle within yourself and your mind because you're wanting to go one way because everybody's telling you to do this one thing or you might be really good at this one thing, but you actually hate it. Well, I feel like that's kind of the biggest thing about like what we were talking about earlier was like seizing what your true potential is and kind of just following what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Because essentially it's like there will always be people in the back of your ear, but it's the people that know an older version of you. So they seem to think that that's what you're meant to be doing. But there's always going to be people in your corner that don't really understand like where you are now that you've like leveled into being somebody else or like changed your path. It's important to get yourself out of that environment, not because you don't love those people right. or not because they don't love you. Mm -hmm. It's just that sometimes you got to be somewhere where people spark are only, out of you. Well, yeah, and they're only seeing the vision from where you're putting it. Like getting out of your comfort zone time and time again you and me have gone on trips and come back from it being like I feel like that is one of the most valuable things you could do like when you're young is just travel because there's so much to learn from different cultures and cities and ways of life and you meet so many different people along the way that kind of spark an interest of you would be like okay this is possible for me right mm -hmm. but if you're constantly in that same position of where you grew up in it's so hard to see what's outside of that walls because you've never been there and not just going with what everybody else around you is doing or what people are telling you to do or, you know. So you gotta start worrying about like once you achieve something, okay, I got this job, but now I gotta get that that uh, that raise and then I gotta get that promotion and I gotta get this. It's like, holy fuck, just enjoy where you are or else you're not, you're always gonna be looking for the next thing mm -hmm. and then your life, your life ends. And we say it and all the time, happened? the beauty is in the journey. If you're right. always looking, and I was, I was really bad for this, like in university, like always looking for the next best thing always looking for something else like oh once once I graduate I'll be in a better place right why can't I be in a better place mentally right now right. once I graduate once I get that job I'll I'll be better once I move out I'll be better once I go and do this or and I had to look back at that and be like you're you're fine right where you are right now well there's, there's never going to be a perfect there's time. never going to be a perfect time so why don't you just make that perfect time right where you are right now because sometimes they're going to be shitty and sometimes they're going to be great but I looked at it and I was like if I'm always looking in the future I'm never in the now right I'm always living for a future version that hasn't even happened and I'm preventing things from happening right so then that's when you have to tap in your intuition we have obviously ways that you and I have tapped into our intuition what is the actual meaning of it we hear it thrown around all the time like tap into your intuition if you feel it in your intuition like follow your intuition right like when people say like follow your gut instinct it is right? a bit oversaturated like it's, you hear a lot of people saying like, right but what does it actually mean like in layman's terms right. so for us the easiest way to describe it from what we've read or like yeah. the, how we've taken it because of yeah. course you and I started from scratch just like everybody else on this journey. Mm -hmm. So the way that we explain things is like just things that we've absorbed through books or videos or podcasts or whatever we've kind of engaged in to help us tap into our intuition. Right. So like I said, when you hear the word intuition, you kind of think of like you're following your intuition, following your gut path. So it really comes back to intuition is your ability to understand something right away. You don't mm -hmm. have to have, you don't have to think about it very much. It just comes to you naturally without the need for that conscious reasoning. And everybody has it. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, oh, I need to, like, 
you can work on tapping in your intuition or you can work on growing your intuition, things like that. But everybody has it. Right. You don't need to adopt it. You don't need to be like, oh, I need to get intuition. Mm-hmm. You it's have big. it already. You already have it. It's just quieting the outside voices. And it's essentially, it's allowing your intuition, which is your innate ability to make decisions to guide you. Like let right. your intuition guide you. Let your gut feeling guide you. Um, when we go back to that innate ability, we're all born with it. That's mm-hmm. why babies have that innate ability to like latch to their mothers or it's innately in us right. to do that. And I remember there was something either that I can't remember if you read it or if you were just telling me about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this thing around intuition, which is, I feel like is important to incorporate in kind of what the definition is, but about that 60 second action where like your intuition, yeah, it might linger and it might leave and then it might come back and it might... You might dink around a little bit. You never know. But it's like your intuition comes and you need to take action on that feeling that you get immediately within the 60 seconds or else your brain actually attacks you into like a fight or flight mode. Mm -hmm. And then you convince yourself that you're not supposed to be doing it when if you follow that intuitive, like that whisper from your intuition and you just follow it right away, Mm -hmm. then you don't put yourself into that self-sabotage bit of like, well, what about this? And what about this logistic? And what about what will my mom think? And what will... It comes back to like that conscious reasoning, right? right? Your brain, our brains start to develop all these stories because that's what we understand. So if you're not acting on it, then your brain starts like flooding your mind with all these reasons why you shouldn't. Your fears are coming up, limiting beliefs, like all these things start coming up to basically go against what you actually wanted to decide in that moment. Right. And then it clouds your intuition and then it just shuts up. Mm -hmm. But the thing is is that it will always whisper back. So that's why it's important to take that 60-second action and, like, really take note of it and take account of, like, Mm -hmm. the things that you're feeling. Even if you're not taking action on it right away, it's so important to, like, reflect on your emotions and reflect on your feelings because if you write that down, jot that intuition or that feeling from your intuition in a journal, Mm -hmm. within that 60 seconds, you are documenting it and you're acknowledging it. Right. That's all your intuition wants. And not right off the bat. Yeah, not right off the bat. You have to know the decisions and write answers to everything. But over time, I've found that the more I sit with it and the more that I allow myself to kind of like, oh, what's, what's taking over right now? Like, is it my fears and limiting beliefs and people telling me that I should be doing other things? Is that why I'm making the decision to go against my intuition? Or, right. Or like what's right? Right. Like on paper, what, what should I be doing? But the more that you're aware of that little voice in your head, the more you can make better decisions for yourself that align better with you, right? 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I guess we'll jump into, we chose four things that have helped us like tap into our intuition yeah. to really acknowledge what it is. Do you want to start? Yeah, we'll start with, with the first one? one. So the first point that we chose was sitting with yourself in silence and being by yourself, which basically we're trying to say is creating space for yourself, just not to be busy. Right. And even, but the thing is, is like, even if you are quote-unquote busy, maybe cooking a meal, going on a walk, going on a run, reading a book, yada, yada. It's like you're still being by yourself in silence and allowing yourself to acknowledge, like, that inner voice, Mm -hmm. you know? Just letting it speak to you. Getting rid of the outside distractions. That outside noise Mm -hmm. so that you can listen to the inside noise. Exactly. Because it's like if you're always... And you see people like this all the time. But if you're always with your friends or you're always doing this or you're always at work or you're 
they're just always busy. And I feel like a lot of people struggle with this because they go to work all day and then they come home to their families and they never truthfully get to have time. It's like that decompressing time for your, yeah. for yourself, right? Where you're just with yourself, with your thoughts. And sometimes a lot of people kind of like shy away from that because they don't want to sit with themselves. What's well, scary? It's yeah. It doesn't always have to be scary, no. but sometimes like if you're if you're in a position, sometimes those deep feelings come up and you're like, I don't want to sit alone with this right now. So no. you go and distract yourself with something else. But for us, we've found that like we love our alone time, but we also I need that alone time personally. Mm-hmm. I need that alone time to like recharge myself. Right. In so I, that I can be be myself when I'm out or else I just feel so overstimulated that I'm like, I, I don't want to be here. Well, all your feelings are just like compressed inside and then mm-hmm. you just shut down. Right. Right. Also, you're able to document your feelings through journaling, like all those things. Like it doesn't mean that you just have to sit there and in look silence and just look at the fucking wall. <laughs> like it's important. You, you find your what mode. works for you right. in sitting with yourself in silence and being by yourself. Mm-hmm. You literally could be tanning outside in silence and just, like, absorbing all those feelings. So whatever that means for you, it's super subjective. Right. So and to like, sum it up, I guess, the first, yeah. our first favorite way to tap into our intuition is just being alone, being by yourself. Being I think alone. that's the most important one, too. Right. And that goes into the second one, which is meditation. So I guess it plays off the first one. It's just a little bit different. So let's dive into that one. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, like the first one, but I feel like meditation is more of a practice, whereas mm-hmm. sitting with yourself in silence and being by yourself is a necessity. Right. Drop the fucking mic, <laughs> would ya? That's no, 100% true. I, I truthfully feel that. I feel like sitting with yourself and being in silence is, is the same thing as meditating, but meditation can come in many different forms. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're so, consciously practicing it. Traditionally, what people think meditation is, is like sitting there on a block or whatever, silent room. Legs like, crossed. Legs crossed. Fingers, fingers in a mudra. Like, yeah. it, that's what people think is traditional meditation, but it can look so different from so many people. And I think that's why people shy away from meditation because right. they think... I can't sit there like that. Well, you can do it in so many ways. Well, that's the thing is that people think of meditation just in a traditional form and they're like, that's so boring. Mm -hmm. Well, again, like number one, it's important to find what works for you and what fits into your lifestyle. It's subjective to everybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, I'm not the type of person that can just sit there with my legs crossed for 45 minutes and do a meditation. I personally love like a guided meditation. You and I both do actually. Love like a guided meditation. You just look it up on your podcast, follow through with that, apps, whatever. Um, But meditation can come through walking, listening to music, cooking, something that allows you to get into that flow state where cortisol levels are low Mm -hmm. and you're just like in that kind of calm. The way that I put it in flow state is like the way that you feel right before you're about to fall asleep. You're just calm, you're feeling nurtured. There's nothing else on your mind. You're just in a very, like, zen state. Zen, like right. you're just feeling, you're feeling like there's a big warm hug around your mm-hmm. heart and your, and your belly and you're just, like, feeling good. So something to quiet your mind, whatever that is. Right. Like, literally, meditation can be found in anything. Mm-hmm. So whatever you might be doing right now, you honestly easily can turn that into a meditative practice. Right. It's just becoming more aware with your thoughts, quieting the mind, mm-hmm. quieting the outer voices, and just, just, again, sitting with yourself, but it's a more purposeful way of sitting with yourself, and that's why meditation right. is more of a practice. You physically have to make time and practice it. 
you actively have to do it. And it's like yeah. that thing that you always say too about compounding. Mm-hmm. Like you literally have to compound all that, like all that meditation. You do it once a week. Okay, yeah, maybe you might see a couple little things. You might start that way and then you might end up pushing it up to three times a week, four times a week, five, maybe once a day. And it's like all of that will compound and you'll find yourself reacting to things in your life so much more calmly. It's, it's muscle memory, right? You're, you're, right? you're actively working out that muscle in your mind that allows you to quiet your mind. And you're finding peace in your day for what, 20 minutes to 45 minutes? And it's like finding that much peace in a day where you didn't find any peace in before. This is like that all compounds. It can be as easy as two minutes. A completely different, you're just completely different. Like you're reacting differently, you're moving differently, you're moving with love. And yeah, so that's meditation. That's, okay. that's number two, meditation. All right, we will move to number three on our list is sitting with your emotions and working through them. Now, this is... This is a toughie. This is a tricky one. I mean, one and two, the way that we have these laid out is you honestly need to accomplish the one before that to be able to accomplish the next one. Um, And I think we honestly did that a little bit unconsciously. Yeah. Like, we didn't think about that, but now that I'm... Now that I'm I'm, looking at it, it, it makes total sense. And we're talking about them. So number three, take this with a grain of salt in how far you can get with one and two because one and two are very um, progressive. Mm-hmm. They'll be super, super helpful for you. Um, but number three, sitting with your emotions and working through them, those emotions will come up through doing one and two naturally. Absolutely. Now, if you choose to work through them, that's on you. But I highly recommend it. Another thing that's super helpful with sitting with your emotions and working through them that like I've always recommended is like naming your emotions because a lot of times you're just like, overstimulated with how you're feeling and you don't even know what it means you're so overwhelmed you think the world is crumbling down on you like you even the other day just being like yeah. i'm just frustrated I'm frustrated but like right. are you frustrated what break down that frustration mm-hmm. why are you frustrated mm-hmm. are you because you were sad you're annoyed and you felt defeated mm-hmm. that's why you're frustrated right but it manifests in, in your body right until you become aware with those emotions and what they are they just take over you but if right. you're able to sit there and actually lay them out and be like okay why am I feeling like this it's very easy to look at it and being like it's really like it's okay it's okay to feel these emotions essentially but you don't have to let them take over your whole day but they're gonna come up so you either address them or you leave them and you let them affect you in all forms of your life that can manifest in your body in the disease the way that you react to things trauma it's a lot so it's like if they're coming up we highly recommend doing that ways that you can work through your emotions and understanding them is journaling talking with you know people around you that you trust exercising releasing them but you need to that is another thing too that needs to happen consciously if you're releasing your emotions they need to be consciously released Mm -hmm. through exercise through meditation through dancing like whatever you want to do to release those emotions and a lot of the times it's unconscious but our body stores a lot of those emotions so like movement can release a lot of those emotions i know in yoga sometimes like your body physically releases those emotions in poses there's specific poses that correlate to different emotions and but yeah being consciously aware of when that's happening and understanding why it's happening right or doing things like reiki and like stuff like that when you're acknowledging that those emotions are coming up Mm -hmm. and you go in and invest in things like that and you're addressing the emotions 
by talking to somebody or releasing them, you're able to transmute them into a learning lesson for the future. Mm -hmm. If not, you're just hanging on to them forever. Right, so that when they do come up again, you you understand them. It might still feel the same way, right? right? You want to jump into number four? Yeah, so I guess that that's number three is sitting with your emotions and working through them. Yeah, 100%. So number four is... You want me to hop in this? <laughs> so there's experiencing new things in order to create mental capacity to strengthen your intuitive process. Essentially, the way that I we were talking about it was creating mental bridges. Mm-hmm. So doing things by trying new things that make you feel uncomfortable, learning a new task that makes you feel kind of spooked to do, but you've always wanted to do it. Right. Just There's going for it. Always that thing where it's like, oh my god, I would have always loved to go skydiving. Or I would have always loved it. Yeah, I'm scared shitless to jump out of a plane. Mm-hmm. Or I'm scared, whatever. It's like doing that brings you to a point where you're able to navigate through difficult feelings that come with intuitive conflicts. Right. Intuition doesn't always come to you clearly. Sometimes right, if you were to keep yourself, let's say like in a vacuum, right? Like in a right. box, you're never going to experience those other emotions and feelings so if you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone and and doing things that are scaring you then you're able to create those different like neural pathways to be able to recognize and identify when hard situations do come up you're able to tap into that better because you've been there before you've experienced it so therefore you can move on with it better and it's like also too it helps like communicate with other people better and like i've already said through all of these it makes you react more wholeheartedly and more consciously Mm -hmm. because when you're reacting reacting is literally the biggest thing in human communication that people do not understand where it's coming from where it's coming right and it's like if you go through all of these steps and you really tap into what's happening inside Mm -hmm. i'm telling you that your reactions to things are completely different and you look back on things or things will happen that you would have reacted on you're like oh my god why would I have ever reacted in that situation? Right. Most of the times, it's always coming from your ego, mm-hmm. right? It's always coming from those fears, limiting beliefs. The, the b- biggest thing is ego, right? right. But and when all- you're able to tap into that, you realize that it doesn't have to be like that. You have to practice it or else how else are you going to become more in tune with it, right? right? And for me, it's been such, I don't know, such a great tool to use all these four things. I've used the past years it allows me to make decisions more consciously and more clearly mm-hmm. and what decisions are best for me. Well, you're understanding what um, on your path what is aligning me. with your purpose mm-hmm. and honors you. Yeah. Whereas some people see the end of the path where that promotion is or where that raise is or whatever, where they want to live, anything like that. All they're seeing is the end. Mm-hmm. They're not seeing the journey. Right. They're not feeling the journey. How the hell do you get to that end point when you can't even experience the little you gotta feel it because things are gonna come up in that whole journey that if you don't if you are constantly worried about what the end goal is how are you ever gonna enjoy it all well there's that thing that you said earlier about the present moment if you're not like you are literally missing out on things that are coming right to you Mm -hmm. because you're too worried about the end goal when that end goal might not even be for you. Mm-hmm. You might have something way better out there. Something might happen in that journey that completely veers you off the path onto something else, but totally. you're so focused on that, you'll never be able to see it. 100%. So doing a little recap of what ways Cass and I use to tap into our intuition is, number one, sitting with yourself in silence and being by yourself. Number two, meditation, not just in the traditional form. Find whatever works for you. 
Um, number three, sitting with your emotions and working through them and naming your emotions, understanding where they're coming from. And number four, experiencing things in order to create me mental capacity and strengthen your intuitive process. These are by obviously doing new things like we said, starting a new task, learning something new. Anyways, that's a little recap of that. And we're excited to see like what you guys think about that. And we want to hear about any ways that you're kind of tapping in your, into your intuition. And mm -hmm. if you have any anything to add, whatever it is, questions. Yeah, we'd love to hear. Comments, concerns. There's actually, a little, there's actually a little question box if you're using Spotify. Yep. There's a little question box. You guys can leave us some feedback or just engage with the conversation. We would love to see your replies. Yeah, or just message us on Instagram or comment, whatever. Do whatever. You know how to use the internet. Um, do you want to hop into our title talk? Did you bring something for me today? Yes, I did. So if you listen to the last episode, we have this little segment we call title talk, which basically is just we're bringing two questions, one deep, one shallow, and we want to bring that into the podcast and on our socials so you guys can interact with it. Okay, you go first because you've been having yours. You're like, I thought of it on the weekend. No, it's because we were talking about it. I was like, oh, it would be a good conversation to have on the pod. If you listen to the first one, you would know that neither of us know our question. Okay, so. so my question of the week is, would you rather never drink again or have the absolute worst hangover of your life after having one drink? I think I would rather never drink again. Yeah. Like, it's literally not the end of the world. And I'm, like, one of those people, too, that can totally conform to the vibes of places. Like, sometimes even when I am drinking, I'm on a bad vibe. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, just because I'm drinking doesn't equal that I'm going to have a good time. I agree. It just... Puts you under, like, a different substance, the influence. Right, your influence in a different mm -hmm. way. So I would definitely choose uh, never drink again, as much as it pains me to say it. But my hangovers are progressively getting worse <laughs> and progressively getting darker. <laughs> what would you do? I would totally yeah. go sober. Like, I feel like there, you can catch a vibe anywhere without having to drink. And we've been out multiple times having the best time. I think, yeah, drinking is not the end-all be-all. I would definitely go sober. So we're sticking with water. <laughs> No, but that's the thing, too, is, like, that's the play on it. Yeah. Is that nowadays, like, mocktails so are many. fucking leveling up. Oh, my God. There's so many. And, like, we love to even just pour a kombucha in, into a wine glass, right? And, like, sip on that. Or yerba. Right. It's the act of, like... Country time? <laughs> don't get me started. It's the act of just having something in your hand. Question answered. We would both go sober. Yeah, 100%. I feel like a lot of people are in that same boat, mm -hmm. too, because fucking hangovers are brutal. All right, I have two questions. Should I should I save one, or should I ask two? Let's do two. Okay. There's no rules. Hey, you know what? What? You do what you want when you're popping. <laughs> okay, I'm going to start off with number one, then. Okay. If you knew today was your last day of your life, how would you spend it? I love that question. Thank you. I think I would just spend it doing all the things I love with all the people that I love. Like, I would just want all my family, all of my friends to be in one place mm -hmm. with everything that I have ever loved. Everything that lit me up throughout my lifetime, I would just want to have with me. I would probably be on a beach somewhere. I don't know, with, like, all my favorite foods, with all mm -hmm. my favorite people, activities. I would have just everything going on around me that I absolutely loved so I could leave on, like, a good note. All right, are you ready for my second question? Ready. Would you rather lose all of your money and valuables or lose all of the photos that you've ever taken? Ooh. Yeah. I would definitely rather lose all money and valuables than my photos. I feel like photos are, like, memories, right? I think if I lost all my money and valuables, I can always get those things back, right? But a lot I can, of people don't see it like that, though. But I could never get those pictures back. Right. I guess it's like, yeah, I, I would have all those memories, but I would never have those pictures. Not if you to lose look, your memory. 
well, that's not the question. <laughs> no, I would, losing my pictures would be like losing memories. I love looking back through my pictures and like it sparks those memories of what was happening in that moment or who I was with. Money's just a currency to me and valuables, well, valuables I used to be very like, I used to be really we both weird used to valuables. be weird about it, but now I just see it's like, yeah, I can get that back. If someone borrows something and I never get it back, like it's not the end of the world. Yeah. I got rid of so much stuff in this past year that I, it feels so just freeing not right. having all that clutter because it, for me, stuff just clutters my mind. It also and keeps you in a, a lot of people don't see it this way, but a lot of valuables that people place value in keep them in an era of their lives that they're not meant to be in anymore. Mm-hmm. It's another topic I'd love to get into on the podcast. Today we put together that little list of four ways to tap into your intuition and we hope you guys liked it. Yeah, absolutely. We will see you guys in the next episode and we're so excited with how this is going so far and again, we're so appreciative and grateful and none of this would be even happening if we didn't have people tapping in and listening and Mm -hmm. engaging with our social media. So we really appreciate it and keep on keeping on. (laughs) Keep on keeping on. We will um, see you in the third episode. Yeah. See ya. See you later.